Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's try some fun ball. Run right to the back of him. Run right to the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome into an off-season edition of Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, as he always does, Mr. David Brandt of the Associated Press. Michigan wins 34-13 over Washington. Battle of 1-2 unbeatens. Uh, David, I saw yesterday the stat that the number one team had never defeated the number two team in the college football playoff era. That statistic is no longer valid as the Wolverines get it done. Good morning, and uh, just kind of thoughts on last night's game. Good morning. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I was talking to you earlier about it. I, I just, the whole, especially that second quarter, third quarter, you felt like Washington was about to make its move, and it just never quite got it done. And I think a lot of that, I think Washington was just slightly off. Pennix didn't look quite as good as he usually does, made some mistakes. Uh, the receivers had some drops. But overall, I just kind of left really impressed with Michigan. I, I think they, they're a worthy champion. I, I think they, they were incredible as much against Alabama, you know, in the trenches. They could run the ball. They could stop the run. They just – they really, against good teams, made them one-dimensional at times. And I, I thought they, you know, they – they stuffed Washington's run game. What did they end up with? 20 carries for 46 yards, while Michigan ran 38 times for 303 yards. Um, you know, I, I think some of those guys we just underrated all year. And, and really, it was just Michigan played well, and, and they were the best team, and they pulled it out. Washington had benefited a lot throughout the season with some situational defense. Um that might be a uh, a more white collar way to, you know, say bend but don't break. Um, but I, I thought the Husky defense gave the offense several opportunities late in the first half, early in the second. I believe Washington was zero for four when it had an opportunity to tie the game, and yeah, I mean, terrible timing to have you know, your, your all American, all conference receiving group to have a case of the drops. Um, there was a big drop by a backup running back. That would have been a first down to extend a drive. Um, right. Penix just had somebody in his lap damn near the whole night. So yeah, I, I give a lot of credit to, to Michigan and their defensive plan and how they went about attacking Michael Penix and the explosive offense held them to one touchdown. Um, you know, you had the 
there were a couple misses that I don't know how Penix is going to be able to sleep for the next month or so. Um, a couple throws that he makes all the time and just missed them. Um, I'll say this by definition, Jim Harbaugh is correct when he said after the game, Michigan took on all comers and was unscathed. I think, I, I don't think this is some relevatory statement to make, but this is not, this is a podcast. So we're going to play the what if game. This is what you do. Um, how bad does Georgia beat this Michigan team on a neutral field? You know, if you had asked me before the playoffs started, I would have said pretty badly by a couple touchdowns. Honestly, the way Michigan played Alabama and the way Michigan played Washington, I think that would be an amazing game now. And and maybe Michigan is even better. Michigan showed me a lot these past two games. I, I do think Georgia would have had the best chance of anyone to beat them because I think they are – built a lot like Michigan. They had the offensive firepower that Alabama didn't, uh, at least at times. And then I think defensively they could have held. I think it would have been a great game. I think those were the two, if you really want to say the best teams in the country, I think those two were the best teams in the country. Before the playoffs, I would have said Michigan would have gotten steamrolled. Now I don't know. I think it would have been a really good game. I, I in, in fact, I would be inclined to favor Michigan by a few points. I just can't get over the fact that Michigan somehow won a national championship with a quarterback going 10 for 18 for 140 yards and no <laughs> touchdowns. Um, as I was calling him last night, I, I think J.J. McCarthy is just trust fund A.J. McCarron. Um, yeah, that, that's exactly who I think A.J. McCarron was who he very much reminded me of, which I, I think is a lesson sometimes that you can build championship caliber teams in different ways. You don't have to have, uh, yeah, you know, sure. a Michael Penix, a Bryce Young. I mean, it helps. And I think the the most obvious way to be build a title contender, it's just an offensive game these days. you got to have a quarterback that can, can do some things. But I think McCarthy – you know, you talk about sometimes, you know, above the line or below the line. J.J. McCarthy is above the line. He's good enough. And and I think that yeah. he can make most of the throws. You don't have to have a guy throwing 500 yards a game. And, and Michigan proved it. Yeah, I think over like a full body of work, you need an offense. And I think Michigan benefited from a soft schedule. And again, they have to get credit for winning the tough games when they had to do it, and that was Penn State, Ohio State. Ohio State. And then Alabama. I'm not going to call Iowa a tough game because it's not. Um, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and then what Alabama. Tennessee did to them, after what Tennessee did to them. Man. Yeah, come on. Um, just, yeah. But I don't – I was so underwhelmed by Michigan. Um, now, defensively, they're, they're, they're top-notch. I mean, they – they were they were as advertised. And I think that's where on a neutral field in a playoff game, that's where a defensive-led program can get the better of an offensive-led program. You know, in a vacuum, you know, you have weeks to prepare. 
neutral site, indoors. So, you know, you would think that would favor the offense, but when Michigan has the plan that, that it had and the players that it has, um, they were able to offset and, and really frustrate Penix. And uh, I think the pressure was what won them the game. I mean, there were so many times uh, you could see it on some of the replays on, you know, from the sky cam and the drone or whatever, where Penix had a guy up the scene or had a guy backside, but he just didn't have time where all year long he would have time to survey, look around. Um, but yeah, I, I hate it for, for Penix and the offense because they had been so electric all season and the Husky defense in the third, got the ball back to the offense several times, and then well, on the the first play of the second half, that was just a killer, you know, just because uh, you know Washington actually had a little bit of momentum. It's a one score game. You again, you were still in the field that like they can they can do this. They're going to turn it on at some point. They'll figure out how to protect. And I, you know, once that play happened, I mean, I'm not saying that was the end because there was a lot after mm-hmm. that, but that was the beginning of the end. And I know there was a lot of chirping on on Twitter about the officiating, the ACC crew. Um, it, it was funny. I heard, I think it was Kirk at one point in the game, you know, hey, I love this officiating crew. They're really letting them play. And I kind of thought, well, they're letting Michigan play. Um, <laughs> there were a couple misses um, and just some very poor timing on some calls. Washington gets a big, I can't like a 32, 42-yard gain on a double move that was huge on a third down and then it's called back and then they're, you know, behind the chains. They ended up having to punt. Um, But I don't know. I I just, it's an offensive game. So maybe that's why I'm underwhelmed. It's not that I don't appreciate defense because I am, I'm giving Michigan the credit, but just, uh, just makes my skin crawl that JJ McCarthy wins a national championship doing that. And I mean, are there, <laughs> are, there pe- are there people actually having the conversation on talk radio today of, well, if he goes pro in what? <laughs> that's not, a, that's not an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm not an NFL scout, but I mean, I, I don't think there are NFL scouts clamoring to see JJ McCarthy at a pro day right now. I mean, no, I don't a, think so either. He's a he's a second day, third day, you know, maybe a, a developmental, you know, backup type guy. But yeah, I don't, you know, I, I I think there's a decent chance that last night was the pinnacle of his career, which you know that could be yeah, famous to. last words type things. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I sometimes I you know it's like, go pro and what like finance like. Yeah, I was going to say, I need to look up his major to see what uh, <laughs> he might have. But, I, yeah, I – No, I mean, I feel like – And I'm not saying – I'm, I'm not saying he sucks. He's just not an NFL quarterback. Well, I, I actually agree with you completely on that. I just think that there's a way to – I don't really think A.J. McCarron was a viable no. NFL quarterback either. I know he played for a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I think you can build – it wasn't a the thing is for 20 years we have at least 20 years we have seen me and you have come of age as adults and watched you know Michigan State Michigan 
Notre Dame, all these teams, you know, kind of have these types of rosters come into the playoff and just get smoked. I mean, it's happened over and over and over and over. And finally, Michigan found the right. And I, and I think, you know, I, I don't think the SEC was down this year in the sense of, like, I actually think the depth was really good. I do think they were missing that one or yeah. two, you know, just that juggernaut, you know, LSU, Joe Burrow type team. Like, they took well, a little bit of advantage of that. I mean, you could say Georgia was like that for a while, but they lost. So I was going to say, people, that, people were doing the, the SEC is down thing where it was like, well, no, just, Ole Miss and Missouri no, were just really good. No, I don't think the SEC was down at all from a depth standpoint. I mean, look, are they going to have five out of the top ten teams, maybe six? I guess with Texas counting. Uh, I mean, but, I mean, you know, you yeah, got I mean, Georgia, Alabama, one, Ole Miss, Missouri, and LSU. Texas. If you put them at 10 or 11, and Texas. Yeah, I put, and Tennessee I put, finished I well, too. LSU, Tennessee, top 15. And then – you could put A and M in the top twenty-five if you want to be cute, I guess. Um, if Connor Wegman comes back healthy, they'll be competent. Um, you know what's Colin Klein going to look like there as a coordinator? Um, yeah, I, I thought the the SEC is down thing was just because it was just a changing of the guard year, where you had. I I actually not, thought the SEC was deeper in a lot of ways than it usually is with. Like so, like that Arkansas team we talked about all year in South Carolina. Like those weren't horrible football teams, and they just kept no. running into good football teams and losing each week. Like I, when Arkansas and South Carolina are like your eleventh and twelfth best teams, that's a pretty good league. And uh, like, and, and that's I think what separates the SEC. Like I think Arkansas and South Carolina would generally boat race the bottom mm-hmm. of the big 10 most of the time, you know, like the, yeah, the, I agree. I don't, I don't even know who was at the bottom of the big 10 this year, but like, you know, Illinois, you know, teams like that. I, I think they can handle those games. And I think that's what makes the sec so tough. Yeah. yeah. Well, y- you alluded to it. Let's get into it. I know there are some very early preseason top 25s for next season. Ole Miss is in the top 10 and pretty much all of them. Um, I'm looking at one in particular here from Dennis Dodd at CBS. Um, he has the Georgia Bulldogs on top. No surprise there. Carson Beck is back. Most of that defense that just embarrassed Florida State is back. Um, I don't really have an argument there, David. Do you? What, Georgia at the top? At number one, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. I mean, I you know they've won what twenty nine of their last thirty games, and their quarterback's yeah. coming back. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think if it wasn't for Alabama playing its best game of the year on one night in December, uh, or excuse me, one afternoon in December, I, I think Georgia three peats. Yeah, I I, I think. I think I never, Georgia I, wins that SEC championship eight times out of ten, and Alabama today yeah. played really well and got it done. Um, I mean, hell, I, I, Alabama had Michigan beat in that Rose Bowl and couldn't, yeah, couldn't get it done. couldn't couldn't step on the neck long enough. I I, I never gave my. I think Michigan loses to Georgia by two, maybe three scores, because I think. I, 
there were several times in the game where Washington's pass rush just amped it up just enough on a couple plays and just could not get to McCarthy in time. There were a couple throws that one big throw over the middle to the tight end that the tight end went up and made a great catch and, you know, got the first down yards after the, it was a huge play in the late in the second half to put it away. Um, the, I can't remember which, which, which edge guy for Washington it was, but he almost got there. Like right. almost, almost, you know, deflected McCarthy's arm to affect the throw. I, Georgia's getting there. Georgia's getting home against McCarthy. And you can talk all about the the O-line at Michigan, but come on, we know we know the the dudes that Georgia has. And I know that Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, we're gonna have a plan ready. And I, that's just my opinion. And I saw Georgia in person. And I, I, I don't even think it's close. I, I think. Well, they, you saw Georgia at their absolute apex this year. <laughs> yeah, and, and oh, I, I mean, do, that was like, that was literally I, the best game outside of Florida right. State. I like if you put Georgia and Michigan on a field together, I do think that Georgia's best is probably better than Michigan's best. But I just can't get past the fact Alabama beat Georgia, and then Michigan beat Alabama. I know. And they were close. Like, I get it. Like, coulda, woulda, shoulda. I mean, I, I just, I, I think this is great for college football, too, going into that. Like, I, Michigan annoyed me. Jim Harbaugh, you know, is, is what he is. No, like the, we the, we the, haven't the pro- even gotten to that. Right. The program's obnoxious in its own sort All of All the way, bullshit guess, after the game but, with players and coaches talking about adversity. Right. Oh, like, oh, you mean you sort of made that oh, yourself? Oh, you mean the cheating that 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 your program did and got caught doing? Oh, that <laughs> adversity. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Right. When you talk about adversity, usually that means external factors that you didn't have any control over. And Michigan had some control over some of this, and and they chose to do what they did. So <laughs> and there was, everybody loves to play the victim. And, and there was but this no is great for college football. Like, other than Ohio State, there hasn't been a Northern program win a national title since, like, since I hit puberty almost. Like, I mean, it's it's good for the game to have a villain. I, I just think this is so awesome going forward. And I think it will really I mean, it already has SEC one, though. And guess, it's Nick Saban. Huh? The villain is Nick Saban. Well, yeah, but, I mean – now we've got a new villain. It's it's yeah. now we've got equal opportunity other parts of the country villain. I just don't care for Jim Harbaugh. Can't tell. Um, well, I mean, he's hard to like. I mean, there's uh, no question yeah. about that. Now it, he it, it, he was very good in a cameo appearance in the show Detroiters. I'll give him that. He was very funny in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there was no mention of any of the cheating scandal during the show, during the game, no mention of the four level one violations for Jim Harbaugh. None of that. You know, they kind of, they kind of sidestep it and, ah, well, you know, he set out some games this year, but I mean, come on. Like, I understand that everyone wants to focus on the game and, you know, we don't want to distract you from the national champ. Well, uh, you know, it's just, at that point, like what you've already basically proven that the NCAA can't do anything or is too scared to. And I mean, at that point, why wouldn't Jim Harbaugh just go out and, and just say it in front of everybody? 
at that point, who cares? You won. Um, but I, I did ask this question. I want to ask you because I, and maybe you'll disagree. I, I think this is one of the more underwhelming champions in the last couple decades. Who do you think, like, this is the most, like, the weakest national champion since when? Oh, that's a good question. I've got the list up now. Whole lot of Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson on here. I've got a couple uh, in mind. Well, let's hear them because I none of them's jumping the first, out right away for me. The first one that came to mind for me was 2007 LSU. I would have to go back and look at that roster. BCS era. Um, that LSU team was 12 and two. Um, Matt Flynn at quarterback, Jacob Hester, Glenn Dorsey. Um, okay, I I remember that team now. Now it's jogging. They had two triple. Uh, Trenton Holloway, two triple overtime losses: one to a ranked Kentucky, one to an unranked Arkansas. Beat Tennessee in the SEC title game by one touchdown, and then beat Ohio State by fourteen. In the Superdome. Yeah, I kind of, I remember that, you know, year and everything. And that LSU team was really good. But yeah, I mean, they weren't one to, you know, you compare that. Here's a, here's a good question for you. All right. They list the roster on sportsreference.com. How many players do you think played in the NFL off that team? Played or got drafted? I mean, they they have the... They have the NFL emblem by them. Okay, so gotcha. I believe, um, I believe you had to play at least one down. Uh, eight. 26. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I guess that was it's amazing. I guess, and I, mean, I guess I was and, thinking and of like starters or contributors, but right, yeah, I'm sure it's the, the whole the roster. Too deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the two, it's the whole roster, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, Matt Flynn is is very J.J. McCarthy-esque. Right. He was a guy that, yes, he played in the NFL, but, I, you know, no one remembers his pro quarterback career yeah. very much. That was always the pre-Nick Saban hiring Lane Kiffin and, you know, being ushered into this new era of, new era of offense. The Alabama quarterback position was always like, hey, just get in there and just don't fucking screw up. Like yeah, that was it. yeah. Oh, and and they they did that so well for years, and then yeah. they kept and brought a whole different, you know, yeah, Alabama two Essentially, you know, they had a little bit of explosiveness to them. I outside of that LSU team, I would say twenty thirteen Florida State. Yeah, Florida State did. I, that was the one that I was kind of looking at that I was trying to because that was what um, Davis Winston did. Yeah, now they were undefeated, but um, yeah, Jameis, you know, had his huge moment in the Rose Bowl against that Auburn team. Um, but yeah, I mean, and not that that Florida State team was good, but just wasn't a. That's not a team you think of like, oh man, you remember that team? Like, no one ever says that. <laughs> They beat uh they beat Idaho eighty to fourteen in that season. I see, I see that. Beat That's Clemson. Something. Gosh, they did 14. just steamroll everybody though. 
They beat Miami 41-14. They beat Clemson 51-14. They beat Maryland 63-0. And that they BCS... beat Duke 45-7. I, I mean, Duke, that's a weak title game for the ACC, but still. Yeah, and that BCS. They beat Florida 37-7. Jeez. That championship game, that was uh... – that was the Auburn team that was twelve and two, and um, you know had Nick Marshall, Trey Mason, uh, Sammy Coates. That that team that was running the uh, you know that spread option that uh, Gus Malzahn kind of oh yeah to the forefront from uh, from Springdale, but. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, I'll say it's 07 LSU because that Florida State team was was solid. Yeah, going back and looking at those wins, I mean, Florida State did about everything they could. But I'm like you, like just thinking back on that team, I didn't really remember them as being like super dominant, but they were. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play a round of golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide Zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
And we are back here, daytime fireworks. David Brandt, Zach Barry here with you. All right. I referenced the Dennis Dodd early top 25. We're going to reference this one just because Ole Miss is at number five. And uh, most of the other ones are out. All right, let me let me look it up. I while while you do that, I will have Schleybaugh's up. Okay, I'll send you this one, and then you can pull that one up. But most of the ones I've seen are around five, six, seven. Um, yeah. So we got Georgia at one. We got Alabama at two. As um, I'm fine with Bama at two. Honestly, at this point, outside of the Rose Bowl, I'm not going to count saving out anymore. Um, no. Now, I will say the one time I did uh, actually gamble American currency on him, it was not all Nick Saban's fault as Jameson Williams tore his ACL, but Alabama <laughs> lost that national championship game. That was a bummer. Um, probably one a bit would have been a different result if Jameson Williams was healthy, but um, – yeah, it's hard to count out Nick Saban in Alabama. Um, I, I think they're going to be just as good. Um, the defense will, you know, lose some guys. But I think with Milrow coming back, I think they're keeping Ty Simpson. So they'll have, you know, a, quote, quarterback competition. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not going to count them out. Um Dodd has Michigan at three. Um, he does put a disclaimer and say this is based on what we know the day after the national championship. Jim Harbaugh is still the coach as of today. Um, who knows what's going to happen? I, you know, David, before we hit record, the Titans fired Mike Vrabel, so maybe Jim Harbaugh will go coach the Titans, which would be uh, that would be you would be thrilled about that, wouldn't just, you? Just pushing me. Closer and closer to Lions fandom at this point. Um, <laughs> Just hear you, hear you all the way from Phoenix going. Ah! Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna join my buddies Tim Robinson and Sam Richardson in Detroit and just be a Lions fan. Um, Oregon at four is interesting. Bo Nix is gone, but Dylan Gabriel and Dante Moore transfer in. Who's gonna be the quarterback there? I'd imagine it's Dylan Gabriel as Dante Moore had his struggles at UCLA up and down, but a five-star that Dan Lanning is sure to, you know, be okay with. They're going to have, you know, Oregon's going to recruit well. They're going to be all right there. Then they got Ole Miss at five. No Quinshawn Judkins, no problem, says Dennis Dodd. Uh, you look at the portal hall that Ole Miss has put together with offensive linemen, defensive linemen. They got Juice Wells. They got a linebacker in, in Pooh Paul from Arkansas. They got some some Big Ten guys in the secondary. They get Key Lawrence from Oklahoma. A ton of experience to uh, replace what is leaving Oxford. So I honestly don't hate that at five. I mean, we talked on our show recently about where Ole Miss would land, and we were kind of around six, seven-ish. But where do you – do you have an issue with Ole Miss at five at this point? No. I mean, I think – I mean, obviously, it's a super early top 25, but just looking at that roster, obviously losing Judkins is an ideal, but I think running back is one of the – they've got depth there. I do think it's one of the easier places to, you know, develop talent and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm the one that surprised me, I do think Oregon's a little high. 
Um, yeah. I think Bo, Bo Nix was really good. And I think discounting – and I, this is – I like Dan Landing a lot. I think he's doing good things over there. I, I think he can build a program. It's not just a flash in the pan. But yeah. I, I do think with Oregon going into the Big Ten, the switch at quarterback, I just – I don't think it's going to be a banner Oregon year. I think they'll be good. They'll probably be, you know, right. top 15. But Got to play the Big Ten now. Seems, yeah, the four yeah. – <laughs> Uh, but four is uh, is just a little aggressive for me. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree there. And I honestly think Texas is a little low at seven. Yeah, Ohio State at six, which is perplexing. If you told Ohio State fans that they were going to go from C.J. Stroud to Will Howard in a couple of years, who oh boy? Um, yeah, Kyle it's McCord not trending just, the right direction there. No, I mean Kyle McCord leaves that that was kind of a head scratcher. I don't know if there was some, some beef with the staff. Um, I, I don't, I, I didn't think McCord was that great all year. You would have thought that he would have come back for 2024 as the returning starter, but he bolts, goes to Syracuse. Um, now it's Will Howard. I, I think Will Howard's fine, but is he going to put Ohio state over the hump? I don't think so. Right. It's just Ohio State, you think of, you know, elite, like top five. Yeah. And they're they're just not playing like a team. You know, this year they were kind of underwhelming. And like you said, Will Howard, not a bad quarterback, but is that the guy? I don't know. I mean, I just and, – and I think obviously Ryan Day is going to be under a ton of pressure now that oh, yeah. Michigan won a national title. I mean, you know, it's kind of the same – same dynamic as the Alabama Auburn type stuff every, every year. Yeah. It's, it's not just about what you're well, doing; it's what about what your opponent's doing. Yeah, and he goes out and gets Quinshawn Judkins from the portal as Ole Miss cuts ties with Judkins, resigns Ulysses Bentley. He's back. I still think Ole Miss is in play for a running back in the portal at some point to pair with with Bentley and um, and Kedra Griscano, the heralded freshman. Um, that I think is is going to catch some people's attention next season. Uh, the staff is really high on him. I think Texas is a little low here. Um, that's so. That's what I felt like. I would put Texas definitely above Ohio State and possibly above yeah. Oregon and possibly above Ole Miss. I would probably have Texas at three, Michigan at four, maybe yeah. Ole Miss like still that. at five or six. Eh, I mean – there's a little bit of drop off after, you know, like Missouri at eight, Arizona at 10. I know we haven't gotten there yet, but those are pretty aggressive. Missouri at eight. I'm cool with that. Um, lose their DC to LSU, which, man, huge bummer as Blake Baker, not retained by Brian Kelly. Now he goes back. That's, that's interesting. I, I, that's kind of a, you know, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag money talks there but um you know i i i told uh you know shout out to a uh a, a, a big j colleague of ours um a good friend megan melly she's a she's a mizzou grad and i told her when Drinkwitz was hired i was like look he is a goober but he is a good coach and she was like, "Okay, okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll trust you." And 
you know, like we don't get them all right, David, but I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel pretty good about Drinkwitz in Missouri right now. That they're, you, they're you nailed up. that one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's, um, that's always been, you know, as somebody, this is just a personal thing, but I grew up in Missouri in Springfield, Missouri in the eighties and nineties. And, uh, you know, Missouri was no, you know, remember the fifth down game against Colorado from yeah. like 1990. And, yeah. and every year Missouri would be halfway decent. Then they'd go play Nebraska. And it'd be like, this is the year they've got a chance. Whap! You know, and they get smoked every year. It was, yeah. you know, and so that was why my love of college football honestly didn't come until later in life because Missouri was just so depressing. So, uh, but I've always thought that Missouri had a pretty good recruiting base kind of an inter because you've got St. Louis and Kansas city and there's some good football in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And then you're obviously centrally located in the country. So then a lot of, I mean, you know, I I don't think there's any reason Missouri can't be pretty good. I'm I'm glad to see them them kind of moving up. I I think if you had told, you know, they've had some lead years, but they considering they went to the sec. I think a lot of people were, didn't know how that was going to work out. They've held their own in that East Division most of the time. Mm-hmm. That made the SEC championship game. Right. Um, I mean, those Michael Sam years when they had, you know, what was that, 2012, 2013, uh, something like that? James Franklin at quarterback. Uh, yeah. What was the running back? That, oh. And the East the East was down in those years, but still. I mean, <laughs> you yeah, won a division in the SEC. Like, that's can't take good. it away from them. Um, yeah, I feel pretty good about Mizzou and, and, and they've, they've got a really good thing going with the in-state NIL for high schoolers. And yeah, I mean, Mizzou's got good high school football. Um, I remember listening to the Arkansas game on the radio when we were out, uh, we went out to a Christmas tree farm to get a tree and they were doing the starting lineups. And I mean, it was like eight or nine of the starters on offense were from Missouri. So um yeah they, they they they've got it figured out um here we go here's our first uh you know hokey circus thing for the top 25 here is Notre Dame is number nine reasons no one knows um because <laughs> it's Notre Dame you gotta have the indie up there somewhere uh, Riley Leonard okay you know how's the how's the ankle who's going to be around him Marcus Freeman has underwhelmed tremendously. Uh, I don't really get it, but sure, it's an early top 25. Who cares? I love Arizona at 10. Jed Fish, Arizona better open up the coffers and just pay him to stay there forever. Because somebody in the SEC is going to try to get him. Right. I, I am surprised that he hasn't already, because he did do a great job this year. He awesome. had to build that program. I mean, Arizona, to me, and again, I, I understand this is most, but Tucson is a gym, I think, like as far as the city, the campus, yeah. all that stuff. It's awesome. But it's in the middle kind of of nowhere. Like, unless yeah. you are going to Tucson, you are you are not on your way to Tucson. Unless say you're not like driving El Paso. Tucson. Right. That it doesn't happen. It's, it's a very specific set of circumstances that will lead you to Tucson. And I, I think, you know, the most impressive thing, too, is how quickly it turned around. Because, you know, there was a time when I thought Kevin Sublin was a good coach. But 
man, the, the end of the Arizona era, it was not going well. And they did not have any talent on that roster. So for him to build it back that quickly, I think, and I think they're a great fit for the Big 12. I think even better than Arizona State in a lot of ways. Just, you know, from a, you know, a culture on, standpoint. On multiple fronts I, I, with basketball. Right. And, and the basketball is going to be awesome. That's a whole different thing. And it's a, it's going to be a good baseball conference. Too. Yeah, I was going to say baseball too. A yeah. deal in Arizona. Um, and, and the Pac-12 was good at baseball too. So that doesn't really affect them much. But I think football, you know, playing the, the Texas Techs of the world, Oklahoma State, I, I think in some ways that fits Arizona pretty well. And, and yeah. I, I look forward to seeing the TCUs. I think those are going to be some good games. And Noah Fafita was great. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Dennis Dodd likes him for contending for the Heisman. And considering I played down the stretch, it certainly looks like it. So he, he reminds me kind of of, uh, you know, because he's a little shorter and just obviously covering Ole Miss. Little, little Jeremiah Masoli vibes a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, another year in the system with Fish and, yeah, one ten games would have been in the playoff if it was expanded potentially. Um, they'll have a shot to be in the playoff when it's expanded in 2024. Um, you know, 10, 10 wins for only the second time since 98. It's pretty great. Um, Oklahoma at 11, I think at least offensively, will be fun with Jackson Arnold. I know people rave about him, five-star. Um, you could see some flashes in the bowl game. Um, you got LSU at 12, Utah 13, Tennessee 14, Washington all the way down at 15, because they will have to replace a lot offensively. Um, Penn State, Kansas State, SMU, Florida State, Kansas round out the tw uh, top 20. And then to round out the top 25, Clemson, NC State, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and then Louisville at 25. Um, Louisville, a team that makes a lot of noise in the portal. Uh, probably the only program outside of Ole Miss that has kind of embraced it to the extent um, that Kiffin has done. Um, but – Anybody else that kind of jumps out to you on this early top 25 is some interesting or at least intriguing teams? Well, I was kind of surprised to see Washington drop off that much. Um, they do lose some big time. You know, I'll, I'll be interested to see how Will Rogers does at Washington if he ends up being the guy. I just, I've been really impressed by that Taylor DeBoer, the coach. Um I, I think he'll get it going. I, I don't know if this is too high or low, but the, the Florida State trajectory is fascinating to me. Uh, just how that program, you know, has the awesome season, the injury at quarterback to Travis. Yeah. You, know, you get left out of the playoff. And then, you know, I, I'm not begrudging any, but those, you know, the mass, you know, opt-outs of the bowl, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not going to go Kirby full Kirby smart on that, but <laughs> you know, it, it, I don't think that bodes well for the program, for the culture a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to be too old school, but I, I think that was alarming. Did, did, what'd you think about that? Uh, I mean, for those of you know, the, the Keon Coleman's and the Jared verses of the world and, uh, you know, I, Braden Fisk's, 
the right. I understand that, like the top twenty, you know, first round. Yeah, those those guys are making millions in a couple months. Um, but yeah, I, I and I'm all for you know the players and you know it's it's their decision. It's not mine. I've never been in that position to make that decision, so I can't put myself in their shoes to say what I would do. Um, I, yeah, it was kind of odd for the players who are coming back why you didn't play. Um, right. It just, you know, I mean, like Georgia was really disappointed too, and most of their guys played. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I mean, they, exactly. they, it was a very similar boat. And like, and I get, you know, I, like you said, I understand the first round money type thing. And I understand there was a lot of disappointment at Florida State, rightfully so. But I just, I don't know. That struck me weird that they basically just kind of took their ball and went home yeah. when they were playing a team that was in a, a very similar. Right. It, it was a good game against a good opponent, you know, and they pretty much opted not to go there. <laughs> like, and and yeah, Georgia, you know, I think Georgia would have won that game easily, no matter what. But I mean, right. you know, obviously it turned into what it did. It was just embarrassing for everybody involved. Yeah, I. Yeah, it was a bummer because you you selfishly want the game to be better and more competitive. Yeah, you just want the game to be good. And again, like that, you know, the players don't care what David Brandt thinks when he turns on the the TV. I get it, but right. I don't know. I I just think that I don't think that bodes well for the mm-hmm. overall culture of the program. Sorry, I'm yeah. I'm. I guess that makes me old school. But other than that, I mean, like a lot of these teams, you know. It is interesting. Clemson at 21. You just wonder if Dabo can ever get that thing rolling again. Yeah, I, I, I'm on record saying I think the dynasty's dead. I mean, I, I mean, unless there's some monumental jump, I don't see Cade Klubnick leading Clemson to an ACC championship and a playoff appearance. Um, yeah, there's just not much buzz in that program right now. Plus, I think Florida State's better. And look, I was going to say just some old Miss flavor in here as we close up the show. Look at NC State right there. Dave Doran still consistently winning. And that, you know, he really has put together a nice career at NC yeah. State because it's, it's hard to thread that needle. You got to be at the right program to make that happen because he's, he's very rarely bad, but he's also, you know, never been really in the national title hunt either. He's just been very consistent, a very good program yeah. for what? How long has he been there? 15 years? Dave Doran. Uh, for those that aren't picking up what I'm putting down as the Ole Miss connection, many believe Dave Doran was getting the job he, after Memphis. Yes, he – yes. He has he been at NC State discussion. since 2013. No, 2013. So not oh, quite as long as I thought, but still, like, I mean, he just finished his 11th season. He went 23 and four at Northern Illinois, two seasons, and then now he's 81 well, that, and 58 at NC State. That's another program. Like Northern Illinois used to be one of those mid majors that was just a bear to face. Yeah, not anymore. You didn't want to but, play them. No, they were they were always that team, the one like Group of Five team that was like 23rd of the nation. And always, always tough. But yeah, no, Dave Doran's done a done a really nice job. I think I think obviously that uh, Ole Miss feels good about the hire it made. But uh, yeah, Dave yeah. Doran, Dave Doran's doing okay too. 
Yeah. All righty. That will do it for this off-season edition of Daytime Fireworks. We'll be back here, I'd probably give it a couple weeks, as SEC basketball play gets underway. Ole Miss gets back in action Wednesday against Florida. We'll, uh, we'll be back to talk some hoops and, uh, I don't know, some other stuff that's going on as we got right. SEC basketball, March Madness. I saw a little bracketology today. Um, had Ole Miss in the 8-9 against Gonzaga. Ooh, that'd be a fun game. Is it, I, is I, it, is I, it Gonzaga I, or Gonzaga? Oh, that's, that's – It's like Nevada, I think Nevada. it's Gonzaga. Gonzaga? Zag, is it the long A? I, I feel like Ron Burgundy. I, I think is it's it, called Yogging, Yogging, a soft J. Apparently, they just say Because they say the Zags, right? Yeah, they got they don't Zaga. Say, they don't say Zogs. Gonzaga. <laughs> I'm like looking up pronunciations Look, of an idiot. Nothing is safe anymore, David, because I learned that it is Marriott, not Marriott. What? Yeah, do you know that? No. Yeah. Mary, Mary. So it's Marriott. 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 Yeah. Marriott. Like M A R R Y I T. It's instead of ot at the end, it's ot. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, shout you, out learned, to, uh, you learned something every game. Shout out to my boy, Stephen Hartzell. Uh, he works for uh, CSN with CBS, and he was putting it together a bunch of uh, commercial promos for the playoffs for the college football playoff. And he was having to make sure everybody was doing the ad reads correctly. Um, really? So yeah. Yeah. I, did not know that. I, I, th- I thought that was like, you know, some people say Missouri and Missouri. I thought people who said Missouri. Marriott were just saying it like real quick, you know, like Marriott. Yeah. Stay in the Marriott. Marriott. Now that I think Marriott just sounds like something that like what people from the South would just turn it into. Right. I mean, that does sound like, you know, cause I, I kind of had the thing of like, I was like part Southern, but also part Ozarks. So I had a real bad, I'm like, Hey, let's go get some Chinese food. Yeah. So I, I had to work on my. It's not, it's uh, not a pronunciation I, change, but like people in the South will say, let's go to the Walmart or the Kroger right, or, or Kroger's. And the Kroger's, yes, my parents say that they got the 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 extra S on the end. Yeah. the The pronunciation I've seen, by the way, is Gonzaga, za. So the I I do think that's the emphasis. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. So I mean, it's Gonzaga, but people say Zags. We got to get this together. People need to I know, I know. make up their mind. Gonza- Wait a second. When referring to Gonzaga University, it's pronounced God Zag, as in bag. This is on okay. the Gonzaga website, too. So, Gonzaga. Right. So it's Go- Gonzaga. 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 Okay. I'll just, I'll forget this in like 20 minutes. It's like, all oh, the, I will too. All the people I know but from they, Vegas, they, I don't even know what's right, but I would always say it wrong. That was like the first time I said Alcorn State, and I had like 75 people around me go, Alcorn. Yeah. But, all right. Well, maybe we'll have a whole show just on how to pronounce things. We could do that. We, <laughs> it's probably a I, lot of stuff I, that people get For right. some reason, this is making me think of, and, and some folks listening to the show might remember, when I lived in Oxford, so this is from 2007 to 2010, um, there was a trivia game at Two Stick uh yeah downtown like at the bar there was a Tuesday. i think it was a tuesday night trivia game and it was the most yep. awesome trivia game i've ever because there were like 
groups of professors that would show up. And you could have as many people in your group as you wanted, but you had to split the weddings at the end, like with however yeah. many people you had. And it was a, I mean, it was awesome. But anyway, there was this one category and shout out. I wish I knew the guy's name who ran that trivia thing, but he, he came up with the theme and the questions himself, like every week. And they were wow. always great questions. They were great categories. He really got into it. And one time there was a, uh, there was a category of colleges and you had to say he would give the college and you would say what city it was in. You had to write it down. And that's what, you know, somewhere like uh. Gonzaga, that's kind of in a, and I actually, we are table one because I knew where East Carolina was located. Do you Just know Greenville. where it is? Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were saying South Carolina. Uh, North, okay. Yeah. Okay. And like, I was like, it's Greenville, North Carolina. Okay. Anyway, like for, for me and you sports nerds, we know that stuff, but like, you know, yeah. that, that was one that's of the, when, yeah, that's when it comes in handy. Right. I was about to say, it's one of the few times that my knowledge, my, my weird knowledge of random facts has, has come in handy. Cause if usually I could, the, if I could the ever... oldest professors just rolled us most weeks. <laughs> If I could ever find a trivia that's just on college mascots, I would take home <laughs> the cash prize every week. Right. We there were certain categories we were good at, but yeah, the you know. But anyway, shout out to Two Stick and whoever that guy was who organized yeah. it because that was some Two of the most fun uh, I had there. I remember going on Tuesdays for trivia, and they always had uh, just cold beer in a cooler in the back. You just go back there and pay a guy. Oh, it, it was dollar PBRs, dollar yeah. PBRs. Which even back then was a great deal. So that's, I, yeah, I that's, was, that's the most like keep Oxford weird trivia thing ever. No, it was it was an excellent trivia night. I and it was packed every time. And you had to uh, you could you left your cell phones at the door because if you got caught even looking at your cell phone, you were disqualified. Man, back good when times were back when things were civil and right. Right back when I had some hair. <laughs> i'm dating myself but anyway good talking last uh last thing here this one's also i heard um i just looked it up on uh the internet as i heard it from uh my buddy michael felder on a podcast this morning and then i just looked it up there's an article on npr from 2016 did you know that it's by definition the original this this is the AP says, quote, the original and better form, it is champing at the bit, not chomping at the bit. I think that's a dumb cliche just generally anyway, <laughs> so I stay away from it. But it, champing Webster's, or chomping, I, I don't like that one. Webster's includes chomp at the bit as a variation. But yeah, Webster's says champ at the bit is to, quote, show impatience at restraint, be restless. It comes from something about uh, horses when they bite their bits repeatedly and restlessly, they champ. So there you go. Oh, Fair enough, but I'm not using Learn. either one of those versions. <laughs> it's like how I refuse to say GIF properly. I just won't do it. Well, what, is it GIF or JIF? Or I believe like, the correct like pronunciation the is, is JIF. Yeah, I, I'm not. Oh, I'm not okay. calling it that. I've oh. come. I've come too far. So. We're too old and set in our ways now. Yeah. 
You know, hey, I'm gonna be 36 soon, so I got I got to be about something. Right, exactly. It's a progressive condition. <laughs> That's right. All right, that'll do it. Daytime fireworks. Thanks to David all season long as college football is now in the books. 2023-2024 season. But, like I said, we'll be back talking hoops and other stuff in the coming and weeks, remember, David. The the Final Four is in Phoenix this year, so it all yes. ends here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when, when when Chris Beard and Ole Miss make it, I'll uh, I'll be sitting next to you on press row. I'll be chronicling the, the Cinderella story. There we go. <laughs> All right, appreciate everybody tuning in all season long during the football season. Shout out to all the sponsors that bring it to you. And uh, until next time, we out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.